This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Very serious. is the mandatory samson podcast first ever bonus episode joey coming to you from an undisclosed location in new jersey how you doing there buddy i'm feeling great what oh happy uh, thanksgiving everybody no <laughs> you got really confused about what holiday just happened yeah well because it's not thursday and it's after black friday and it's small business saturday Yes. By the way, so I'm glad you brought... Well, let me say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are recording on a Saturday right now. Did you enjoy your Thanksgiving, Joey? Yes, it was lovely. How was yours? Uh, I had a very nice time. I ate a lot. Yeah, I didn't eat a lot. I ate, you know, I ate yeah, well, yeah, yeah. hung out. I went three for three on my football picks. So I was happy. Nicely done. Thank you. You uh, picked Dallas, right? Well, no, I took the Redskins, actually, and they covered. They were getting six oh. and um, Anyway, welcome to the program, everybody. This is a special edition of the podcast that we're doing. What's uh, the title? Well, it's going to be MSP 105.5 colon emails, parentheses, and other stuff. In case nice. we get into some other stuff. Um, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. You just threw me completely off. Yes, oh, I did. Small Business Saturday. That's yes. I wanted to mention that before we... Because uh, we're going to go through. We have like eight emails that we got, and I apologize to everybody that uh, did send those emails in. Typically, I answer them, give like a full response, but leading into a holiday, especially, you know like a midweek thing like that the studio is just crazy there's too much going on i'm moving you know shows around and i'm recording and all that stuff so not to make an excuse but i am making an excuse for myself i didn't uh you know answer those emails but we're gonna do it in this episode so i think that's a good way to uh you know go through it and people can hear what we have to say there are no excuses christopher I know, I know. um small business saturday so i was thinking yes. this is just an excuse for american express to get people to use their credit card Right. I mean, it's it sounds like a nice thing, like it's helping small businesses in America, uh-huh. but it's really just American Express being like, charge stuff. Here, go charge some stuff. I guess, but uh, see, my problem is like I spent some time at like Starbucks but today, but I don't think you that counts. You spent some time at Starbucks? Yes, doing I did. What? what the fuck are you doing over there? I was uh, acquiring the Wi-Fi. It's, uh, it's quite uh, lovely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're having some Wi-Fi issues at the house. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, what's your point about that in relation to small business? Saturday? It's not a small business. Right. Oh, but they have one of the signs there. Yeah, they did. They had a balloon that's at Small Business Sunday. Yeah. Well, that's Saturday, the thing. I, well, me. that's the thing. It's technically it technically is because it's owned by a person. You know what I mean? It's not a, like you can franchise out like oh. the Wendy's that we have right in town as well. Of course, it's Wendy's isn't a small business, but the one that's owned there is owned by a guy. Oh. So it's his small business. You know what I mean? But it's a franchise. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a it's a whatever you want to shop small on Saturday. Go for it. I encourage you to use cash. I shot big. I got a laptop. Yes, congratulations. I'm looking at it right now. It took uh, a little bit to connect to the Wi-Fi here at my house because you, you were skipping 18 of the characters in the password. But. I thought it was two separate things, all right? It yeah. could have happened to anyone. It Well, I wouldn't say anybody, but it happened to you, so that's fine. But I accepted, Joey. Uh, yeah, the laptop's very nice. You happy with it? I am very happy with it, and uh, we're going to pimp it out. It's going to be nice. All right. I don't know what that means. Okay. You ready to get into some emails here? Yes, I am. Because I don't know how long this episode's going to be. We're just going to go for it. If it ends up being 20 minutes, it's 20 minutes. If it's three hours, it's three hours. We'll do it. Can I sidetrack you already? Yeah. Uh, you did hear about Kanye going to the hospital, right? I did, yeah. 
Is he doing drugs? I don't know. I mean, I have no, no way of knowing. To me, look, Kanye West is a guy that, you know, he's an obsessive guy when he starts doing a project, working on something, he's not going to stop doing it. You know what I mean? Like he's just going to focus on that thing and do it. And if another thing comes along that he wants to do, he's going to do that too. So it seems like at the very least he does have exhaustion or something, but he's probably in a bit of a manic episode. I think the guy is like that. I think he, you know, who knows? I hope he's doing all right, but I have no idea. Um, Yeah, he could be doing, he could be doing anything. I have no, I don't know. So for some reason, when we get together like this, I feel like there's a lot of people who end up dying. Uh, uh, what, what do you mean when we get together like this? Where the last time we recorded, three people died. Really? Yeah. Who? I don't remember you. You have oh, to go okay. back and listen to oh, it. Okay. But it was another break. But oh, um, oh, you're saying when we record at this undisclosed yes. location? Okay. This time it's uh, Fidel Castro. Yeah. The actress from the Florence, Brady Bunch. Florence Henderson. Yes. And who's the third one going to be? I mean, hopefully Trump. I... Oh, Jesus. You did it. <laughs> you know, you can't say that. He's president-elect now. I didn't say I was going to do it. You said who's going to die next. I said hopefully Trump. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, the Fidel Castro thing. I don't really have anything specific to say about that. You know, you see stuff on social media immediately where some people are like, God bless him. He was great. And then you yeah. see people that are actually from Cuba or whatever that you can't stand him. So I don't know. I don't know enough about... Um, Fidel Castro to really make a comment on it. It's interesting. The guy was 90 years old. That's a long uh, life. Successful at what he was trying to do. You know, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's good or bad. It's just, you know, a very long-standing dictator. And, you know, now we'll see what happens with uh, Raul firmly in control of the country, you know. Florence Henderson, I don't know. Brady Bunch, pretty good show. Mm-hmm. I was looking at pictures of uh, Maureen McCormick, J- uh, not Jan yeah, Marsha Brady. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Beautiful. I mean, she's beautiful. She's got to be like 60 now. She's still beautiful, but I was talking about pictures of her from back in the day. Oh. Very attractive. All right. We want to get into some emails? Here? To the emails. All right. Uh, this is from Paul. He says, hey, could you point me in the direction of more info on the point you mentioned about the Green Party getting more funding if they get a certain percentage of votes? Would be great, dude. Thanks much. Sure thing, Paul. Joey, you got something on that? We just looked it up. Oh, I closed that window. A long right. It's five percent. If ago. the Green Party gets five percent of the federal vote, or is it five percent in each state? I think it was five percent overall. Okay, so if they get five percent of the overall vote, uh, they would be entitled to a percentage of federal funding. You can Google that, but it's the answer is five percent, and they came nowhere near that. So you know, but again, that's something that I think is important. If you live in a state that isn't going to affect the outcome of the election, feel free to vote for. You should always feel free to vote for who you want to take responsibility for, but you know that that could be something that just helps them get funding. How do you feel about this recount in Wisconsin? Waste of time, waste of money. Um, I mean, it's a, not a lot of money, so if people want to donate to that, that's fine. I think it's. I, look, I think it, people are getting their hopes up that somehow this is going to flip the election to Hillary Clinton. You need more states. Well, no, I mean, if those are the states, that, those are the only states that matter. So. You know, if those if there was tampering in those states and you flip the result there, she'll become the president. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's fine to do it. But I also think it's pretty annoying of people on the left. Again, the liberals just eating their tail. They're going after Jill Stein being like, you can't trust her. Like she keeps raising the amount of money she needs. Yeah, because she didn't you know, she didn't 
She didn't do the math right? Yeah, but what was she didn't fully know how much it was going to cost. There's lawyers' fees, there's different election fees, all this shit. What do you think? She's going to just grift you of $7 million in plain sight? This is the most attention she's gotten in five years. Like, oh, yeah, she's just going to take $7 million and spend it on nothing? Yeah. She's going to get the Wisconsin one already went through. They're doing a, a recount in Wisconsin. We'll see. I mean, the the election, I think it's certified December something, mm-hmm. December 10th. So you might as well give it a shot. It's not that much money. People, right after the election, all these liberal groups are like, get a subscription to the Atlantic and the newspapers. Okay, the ACLU. You could do that too. Throw 10 bucks at Jill Stein and get the fucking recount done. And I saw today that Hillary's attorney, or, you know, her campaign attorney was like, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll help. We'll get involved. Oh, well, of course. It's in her best interest. Well, yeah, you she never did know. win by I two mean, million votes. Well, she lost by two. You know, that's the thing. She won. She got two million more votes and lost. Mm. That's how yeah. that goes. That's not the system we play. Um, you know, she's sitting. I'm sure in a little dark room, like recount it, Bale. Get my pantsuit ready. Oh my god, <laughs> it's happening. Okay, relax, Hillary. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I don't think anything is going to come of it. I have no problem with them doing it though. Who, who cares? Yeah, That's let fine. them do it. Yeah, you want to you want it a hundred percent verified that the transition transition of power happened correctly. Yeah, I got to tell you though, in some, I mean, if it happened that yeah they found a fraud or or whatever it is tampering and she was actually you know she gets elected the results get overturned. Do you understand the civil war that we then enter into? Like it, I want her to be president. I'd rather she be president. But at this point, you almost can't even fathom how insane things would get if that's what happened. It would be bad for this country, yes. It, I think it would be the end of the country. I, I, I can't imagine us bouncing back from that in any realistic way. What, you think everyone's going to flip cars and bun, bun every yeah, business I mean, now? Yeah, well, I, I, yes, I think you're in a situation where, first of all, there's 40% of the voting age public that doesn't vote. Mm-hmm. They already don't pay attention or they think it's rigged or whatever it is. If that happened, they'd be like, see, like, fuck it. More people are going to drop out. Republicans would go ape shit. I mean, completely crazy. And how could you blame them, really, at that point? It would just be a, a dramatic catastrophe. I mean, mm. what would, you know, it's, it's just crazy. All right, next email. We got this from Carl. He says, and again, a couple of these emails are from a few weeks ago. Yeah. Let, you know, we're going to go through them. Good morning, afternoon, good night, man, Samp. We are on the verge of the fourth industrial revolution, cloud computing, increasing automation, and cyber physical systems. Tesla is leading the cyber physical system rush with their smart grid and autonomous automobiles. Cayman is leading aviation into Industry 4.0 with an unmanned version of the K-Max helicopter. As I'm sure you know, the wage gap has been growing rapidly since deregulation in the 80s. The workforce uh, who's left behind and currently sees no future for themselves due to lack of retraining, education, etc., has helped breed Trump's success. I think that's true. Yes. You know, with our current economic instability, do you think we are ready for this revolution? Has the shift to being a mostly financial service-based economy put the uh, upcoming workforce at a disadvantage? But most important question, can we get ahead of Industry 4.0 by bringing fucking Apple? Look at this. It wants me to update. Okay. (sighs) iTunes. Inopportune (laughs) time, iTunes. But most important question, can we get ahead of Industry 4.0 by bringing regulation back and encourage businesses to reinvest and retrain their employees? Or are we just fucked? Keep up the good work. It's refreshing to have discussions about current events that aren't fed to us by our media. Mm. This election has been out of control. As a country, we need to remember that ignorance breeds hate, hate breeds fear, and fear breeds violence. 
Carl. That's true, Carl. Thank you yes. very much. Uh, Joey, got any thoughts? Guys? Yes, uh, 100% on this one. Um, the problem is it's the perfect timing for those who have the resources to benefit the most from the influx of new technology. Yeah. Because there's going to be machines that are going to be able to do everything, not need any human help, and they're going to reap every penny from that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to the the his main question was, are we really ready to do this, and We're, can we bring back reg- On a humanistic n- level, no. On a corporate level, yes. Oh, yeah, right. As far as, like, the owner class, yes. they're ready to go. Um, They've been ready. Look, I mean, here, this, I think this is something that we're going to obviously talk about a lot more on the show as, as time goes on. But to me, it's not an opportunity to retrain. Yes, there is going to be certainly opportunity to retrain employees in certain areas mm-hmm. to do other jobs. That is going to be a reality. Only, though, if we invest in n- new technologies, green technologies, even to an extent, um, potentially getting, which is sort of where I think we need to go, getting away from the corporate. Uh, factory farming model mm-hmm. putting people back teaching them how to work the land to actually produce um agriculture locally that, that's a thing that you could do that actually takes an eight-hour day or longer than an eight-hour day you can have a lot of people doing that um and it could be valuable for the environment and for local communities you could set up farmland in parts of detroit where they used to have mm-hmm. manufacturing turn it back to farmland set up some kind of like co-op or community whatever it is you know you could actually put people to work there but as far as us being ready to deal with it, no, I don't think so because I don't even think that this is something that's being talked about. But even Hillary Clinton, Clinton and Trump, we're going to bring back coal country. No, you're not. No, you are not. And that's that's a lie. And it doesn't speak to the actual concerns of people in the middle of the country that apparently, like you said, helped breed Trump's success. Um, it doesn't actually speak to their concerns. You have to go to those people and go, listen, Reality is machines are coming in mm-hmm. and they're going to be able to do your job. What are we going to do for you next? We have to find, we, we all have to work together to find actually what the next thing is. Or we have to start as a country realizing that, you know, if 6% of the workforce is going to be automated by 2020, what's it going to be by 2050? You know what I mean? That's just going to keep going up. What if it's half? What if it's 30? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know what that number is going to be. We have to start refocusing ourselves as a society and realize that, Maybe the forty-hour work week is not Ideal. realistic anymore because you're seeing it in Europe. It's not realistic. Um, y- you know, it's a it's a refocusing on culture. It's a refocusing on the arts. It's a refocusing on maybe slowing down the machinery as opposed to constantly increasing and we need to make more profit year after mm-hmm. year. Maybe that's not the model. You know, that's unsustain. It is unsustainable. Um, you know, it's changing just the way society operates completely because it is going to change the way society operates completely. We're only going to have creative jobs or like he said, um, you know, um, I can't find the quote there. But like, wait, let me actually find it. Good. The one thing I'm... I, Financial services. Yes. You know. the, the, the one thing that sticks in my head from his question yeah. is the cloud computing. Right. If... If that happens and there's a revolution and more people don't have access to it, it, it comes to a point where the everyday person can't afford it. So how how are the companies even going to make money if nobody has that said money? Well, well, I mean that's a whole nother um, 
pro- as far as the cloud computing, people are going to have access to cloud computing. I pay $2 a month for 100 gigabytes of Google Drive space. You know what I mean? It's like you can... You can do it. You can do it. Um, you know, I mean, there's like, you get 15 gigabytes free from Google. Yeah. Like, the, you'll be able to access the cloud. Um, bigger picture, though... I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought because I went off on this. What, what did you just say right before we, before I got into the the Google Drive thing? The cloud computing. Yeah, that people aren't going to be able to afford it or yeah. whatever. I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought there. Sorry. All right. This is what happens, man. We're just sitting, uh, you know, we're sitting downstairs on a nice couch. We're just hanging out. I'm very lax. I've had a nice uh, couple of days off. I needed a few Are you in a food coma? No, not really. I'm just sort of, you know, I'm just being a little spacey, just kind of doing my thing. What did you do for Black Friday? Anything? No, absolutely nothing. I watched the Rangers win, the New York Hockey Rangers. They mm-hmm. won three to two over the Flyers. I spit. Uh, that's about it. You got any final thoughts on this here? I just would like to see a more humanistic approach, but that's me all the time. Well, that's, I mean, but you're right, though, but that's where we have to go. And I think, you know, I think even with the Trump election, yeah, he he kind of targeted the worst aspects of people you know what i mean he tried Mm -hmm. to like be divisive and and make people dislike another group but on a weird level he was being the most humanistic candidate bernie was as well Mm -hmm. but hillary wasn't trump targeted emotion you know what i mean fear he tapped into a thing that makes people human it's either fear like this you know like carl said fear breeds hate or ignorance breeds hate, hate breeds fear, fear breeds violence. Yeah, he tapped into that, but that's mm-hmm. humans. <laughs> yeah. You know, love is the opposite of that stuff. And, you know, Hillary tried to mention it, but didn't go there. But Trump was being a humanist in the sense yeah. that he he saw that this is how people are. They can be that way. And, and he, he tapped used into it. that. You know? uh, all right. So we got an email here from, God, I wish I could remember that point. I was going to make a point there. About the Google Drive space It'll or something. It'll come to you. It's okay. It might. This is from Megan, Megan from Canada, who we've heard from a number of times. This is a pretty long email, which I appreciate. And that's why I didn't want to do it on like a regular episode because... Because we want to dedicate the time to it. We'll dedicate the time to it, but also we don't want to dedicate, you know, an hour and a half to just reading emails on a regular episode. So, perfect. Here we go. Dear Chris and Joey, thank you for your fantastic and sometimes hilarious, sometimes hilarious? All the time. How dare you? coverage of the 2016 presidential race that must have been exhausting but i sincerely appreciate you guys keeping the listeners informed really great job thank you megan i really appreciate it yeah, it you. was exhausting at certain times <laughs> uh but it was you know we gotta do it it was worth it it's almost like cray cray just watching it happen I, I wish you wouldn't say cray cray okay in light of the aftermath of the terrible election results i came across this video by jonathan i assume pie a satirical british news reporter obviously we're not going to play that uh, he argues that one of the biggest reasons people are shocked by the election outcome is because Democrats, liberals, and leftists are trapped in the echo chambers of our own social networks. Mm. We are consent, content to sit in our consensus and rarely make an effort to understand the people who disagree with us. Yeah, well, but I think that's true of both sides. Oh, absolutely. And we touched upon that idea when we talked about the Facebook and the, the bubble and all that. Yes. Oh, 100%. But there's this, yes, and it's on both sides. Mm-hmm. But that's part of the problem, and you're even seeing it post-Trump that the Democrats and the liberals are not reacting the right way. I haven't heard anybody say a word about superdelegates. I haven't heard anybody say anything about gerrymandering. There's things that you could fix, Voting Rights Act. There's different stuff yes. that you can actually do, and instead it's like, well, Hillary should have done. Okay, it's over. Well, here's, here's my thing. And they're going to be, you know, 
we're just gonna focus on the the shit coming from like the far right um which yeah of course you pay attention to it but there's structural things you can do to just prevent this this could have this is preventable everybody has been screaming about the electoral college right yeah this happened back in 2000 did yes. they do anything right. whatsoever right to fix the situation back in 2000 nope not a goddamn thing. No. The superdelegates, which was an issue, I believe, back when Hillary and Obama were going at it. Yes. Did they change anything? No. No. No, and that's exactly the point. You can look back four years ago, eight years ago, 16 years ago. It's the same issues over and over and over again and never fixed. One of the number one issues I have is the income tax code. They say it every fucking year, every election, tax code, tax code, tax code. Right. Have we ever one time tried to do anything with the tax code? Well, I mean, I don't know if they've tried, but I guarantee you Trump's going to give it a shot. He's going to find a way to try to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but right, but that is part of the problem, though. The liberals, you know, whatever, I'm painting with a broad brush, but people on the left, they'd rather be right than win. <laughs> and you can, we talked about it last on the last episode, you can focus on these social issues and rightfully so. There are people in the country that do feel fearful that need your support that are a minority group, be it, you know, along, uh, sexual orientation, race, uh, religion, whatever it is. Yes. Legitimately. There are people out there that need to be supported and need help and, and need to be represented, but you can't do that unless you win elections. And there's clear steps that could be taken right now. They can start right now to try to win those elections and they're not doing it on top of that people like bernie sanders come out and they're going to parse bernie sanders words about what he means by diversity and identity politics yeah they become they nitpick yeah we're just gonna we're gonna argue over the definition of words and whether bernie truly understands but guess who definitely doesn't understand the plight of those people trump pence giuliani christie these are the people that you're just okay Fine. Don't focus on them. Let let's focus on Bernie Sanders and this seventy year old man that maybe uh uses words wrong, but clearly is a supporter of what you you know want him to be supportive of. So so here's a question for you. Yeah. Uh you remember Nikki Haley? Yes, governor of North Carolina, South Carolina. In what way is she qualified to be the ambassador to the UN? In in, in any form. She's not. She's not qualified in the sense that she has no experience doing it. Now, again, look, this is the whole argument about this election. Trump has no experience. It'll be the least experienced cabinet ever, clearly. Um, Will it matter? (laughs) We're going to find out very quickly whether any of this stuff matters or not. Mm. I'm guessing that it does matter. To what extent, we'll see. But, you know, yeah, she might be able to... Look... She's intelligent enough to become the governor. Yes. Right? She, I'm assuming, has a decent education. She knows what's going on. I'm assuming that she'll try to prepare for this job, mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens. The the pro- She might be able to do it, you know? So the, the problem is, though, there's only X amount of things you can prepare for. Mm-hmm. The issue is when Y crops up, and you didn't prepare for it because nobody knew that that was going to happen... That's the problem. It's not knowing what you don't know. And I keep saying that over and over mm-hmm. again. You can get as many advisors around you as possible. You can study as much as you want and, and everything. But when something happens that nobody, know, nobody knows what to do, what do you do on 9-11? I don't know. <laughs> what happens when something like that happens with Trump? Hmm. What do you do? Every minute is crucial then in a situation like that. And if it's a few minutes are spent going, hmm, 
The, what are we going to do? You're going to be grading that, on a crazy curve then. Yeah, it's a, that's a problem. So same idea with Nikki Haley. Is she capable of being the UN ambassador? Probably, maybe, or not. I don't know. You know, it, this is the this is what we're going to keep saying about this administration until they're actually in a situation. I don't know. And I, this is I what we know. voted for. Not what I voted for, but right. But okay. that's what, uh, you know, the Electoral College allowed to happen. So there you go. Um, many of this back to the email. Many have re- reiterated this claim since, some with actual data to back it up. In light of all this, I set out on a social experiment hmm. to engage Trump supporters in a constructive way. Mistake. <laughs> I wanted to hear their arguments and seriously consider them before rebutting. My methodology was simple. Bait the Trump supporters of my network with a bold pink, and then a parenthesis puts pussy, fuck Trump cover photo on my Facebook page. The onslaught was immediate and sustained. Yeah, you can definitely upset... Um, like the ra- most rabid Trump voters with any allusion to, to pussy power. <laughs> uh, the following is a step-by-step guide on how to- I'm engage- sorry, but is there any way we can change a title just to pussy power? I will think about it. Okay. Proceed from his- I want people to know that this is a like- About special- the emails? Yeah. yeah. Well, ma- okay, we'll think about it. Write it down. I'm not taking- Take notes, you son of a bitch. I gotta take titles? T- take that one. Damn it. The following is a step-by-step guide on how to engage Trump supporters. The findings is my small small social experiment. I love Megan, by the way, because it's like, she cares. Yeah, she does. Number one, proceed from an assumption of common humanity. Be as kind and polite as possible. Do not assume that every Trump supporter you engage with is an ist or a phobe. Do not assume that they are militants of the alt-right movement, and do not make gross generalizations about Trump supporters more broadly. This was relatively easy in my experiment. As a result of Facebook selection bias, most of the Trump supporters I engage with were people that I grew up with or went to public school with. I know that deep down, they're good peeps. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If you know people, look, there's there's a, f- a few people that I know, you know, that I'm not like very close friends with, but people that I grew up with, that if I wanted to have a, a kind of a realistic conversation with them about this, I wouldn't be able to. I just know that. And they are probably ist. He is an ist and a phobe, and it is what it is. But, okay, good. I'm glad you went that direction. Well, well, a lot of times uh, some of us have or are not able to articulate rational conversations without getting emotional. Yeah, for sure. Well, and then you're not really having a rational conversation anymore. Yeah, and a lot of times... It's always it to me. It seems that it's a religious aspect. That's one of the major dividing. Oh yeah, um, aspects of it. Absolutely. Well, you know, the other thing here, <clears throat> this kind of goes back to what we said on, I guess, MSP one hundred and four, right after the election. Don't be hyperbolic. You know, and that's kind of what she's saying here. You have to focus on actually issues and things that are going to be done. Now, of course, you can criticize the rhetoric and the fear that is being stoked and the tone that is being set. But you can mitigate that by being your own person in, in any situation and trying to, to turn that back and being, you know, showing humanity to other people. And, you know, she's mm-hmm. right about that hundred percent. Again, the important thing is to be critical and realistically critical of policy. Yes. Number two, criticize statements and actions rather than character. Yeah. This is not unrelated to the former. While evidence suggests that many Trump supporters are at least subconsciously racist, not all are. If over the course of your conversation with a Trump supporter, they say something that could be perceived as racist, explain why that is Explain why that is, rather than berating their immorality. Often what appears as malicious is just misguided. That's true, but here's the other thing, though. That's going to escalate. It could escalate. My point is, you're right, but at a certain point, people go, yeah, I don't give a fuck anymore. 
I, I was on, uh, you know, Evan, our um, yes. former intern, used to be on the show quite a bit. I'd love for him to be, you know, come in and be on the show once in a while. But he's working, so I understand. But I did his podcast called Unsolicited Advice recently. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, you know, we got to a conversation about microaggressions and all this stuff. It's a fucking irritating conversation to have, even as somebody that probably agrees with, you know, people being microaggressed against or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's annoying after a while, and that's the problem. You, you you keep going down this 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 fucking rabbit hole of like, don't talk to them like they're stupid. You have to treat them with kick. Why? Well, why? Like both sides shouldn't have to do this. If somebody's not going to agree with you at a certain point, they're not going to agree with you. Yes. And so we got to go jump through all these hoops to try to get no. Just get more people to vote on your side. That's really the focus. Because at a certain point, you're not going to convince people to vote for your side. Correct. Right? So just go get more people. That's all. Just outvote them. That's how you do it. And we did do that. There was more people voted for Hillary Clinton. So know that as well. People that are very concerned about, rightfully so, where, where we're going. More people agree with you. It's not We're not a majority racist country. We're just not. More people voted for the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Three. When speaking about, oh, did you have something to say about that? Well, it's just with the the microtransgressions. Yeah, microaggressions. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Uh, I just feel that sometimes one might not even realize that it comes across as such. Well, that is the idea, and that but that's where it becomes a fucking whole separate conversation. It's not specifically what she's saying, but that's yeah. where she's going to go with it. It's like subconscious racism or. You go up to a black person, hey, can I touch your hair? You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's different than your hair. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that, but that's almost like, that's that's beyond a microaggression, I think. Because it's like, yeah, no, you don't touch my hair. Mm-hmm. Fucking knock it off. But it's that type of thing where it's like, yeah, people are not being malicious. <laughs> They're not. There are people that are being actually outwardly racist, though. That, those are the people you can focus on when they're fucking hailing Hitler and all this shit. Yeah, okay, that's a problem. Which but has micro- been hailing yes. happening. No, I know that. But this, the microaggression aspect of it, which again, I think is a minutia argument that liberals tend to have where it's like, well, words are, you know, important and we got to make sure. Look, sometimes people, you're going to crack a few eggs to make a fucking omelet. We have to get to a point where the people you want to be in power are in power. Stop having the, you can keep having these conversations, but they need to be secondary to actually having power. Mm. You're trying to take back power without having any, without the, you have the ability to actually have it. You're trying to have these conversations that that are sort of, sort of meaningless. Yeah, you're just working against yourself. Yeah. Uh, When speaking about privilege, so you know, like I I get it. I get where Megan's going. Let her finish it. No, 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 I'm going to, but I I want to say this. There there is a huge percentage of the country when you say the word privilege, they go, I'm out. Oh, I'm out. (laughs) Like when speaking about privilege. I don't speak about privilege. I understand White male middle class America, yeah, I have, I got a good card dealt to me. I understand that. I can see that. But there's also, I think, uh, this is, and she's going to get into this. But there's a, po- like, there's a part of the country that voted against Hillary Clinton, voted for Trump, that feel even though they're white mm-hmm. males or whatever, they actually are getting fucked also. Yes, you know what I mean. So it's really a class situation that we should be talking about as opposed. Yes, to, it's socioeconomics. Yeah. When speaking about privilege, acknowledging all the ways in which the Trump supporter you are engaging with uh, is not privilege, recognize that privilege is relative, and insist that the Trump supporter does not need to assume personal guilt as a result of their privilege. Yeah, I, you don't have to. Mm. But it's also, but in saying that, you can also go, yeah, but I understand why, you know, uh, you know, a black teenager from the inner city in Chicago has it rough. Yes. <laughs> you can acknowledge that too. 
basically everybody needs to stop vilifying and alienating white men. That's how Trump happens. More on this under step five. Okay. Encourage the Trump supporter to reflect on the lived experiences of other people by using values that you know are important to them. It is yeah, very difficult you, for all human beings to identify and then challenge their own biases, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't try to help each other out. You, you know what really helps? Smoking weed. What I was going to say, Chris, mm-hmm. is you're right about you don't know what you don't know. Because how can you put yourself in somebody else's shoes if you never had any experience even close to that? Right. Oh, absolutely. And they and likely they haven't had that your experience either. So that's the problem. Unless you're going to live with each other, you either just have to trust other people telling the truth or focus on your own shit, which is what people chose to do in the middle of the country. They're like, yeah, Black Lives Matter doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I mm-hmm. need a job. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's what happened. Yes. And, you know, those conversations need to be had. But the conversation will often stop at, well, oh, what? They can't wrap their heads around Black Lives Matter? They can or they can't. I don't know, but it ends up spiraling off of these other right. conversations, right. you know, all the right. merits of different organizations. All right, so, so we're going to spiral out of control now. Yeah. So what do you tell the people that say all lives matter? That you're missing the point? Yeah, they're missing or, the point. Or, or you're just adding to it? Well, we don't have to be... Because maybe they're not missing the point. They, it could be no, they, sarcastic. They are, missing, like, they are missing the point. They are missing the point. We've talked about it on the show. They are missing the point. Nobody, by saying Black Lives Matter, you're not saying that no other lives matter. You're just saying it seems like in this society, this color of skin is not valued nearly as much as these other colors. There's just no way that, you know, they're being killed in the street for no reason. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're disenfranchised. You know, it's a whole litany of things. But yeah, speaking to the All Lives Matter people, there is a percent, you know, I don't accept it really from people around, you know, around me here, whatever. But people in the middle of the country, they legitimately don't have health care. They don't have jobs. They, they're they not eating, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand why seeing Black Lives Matter would piss them off. They're not right. They are wrong about it. But I get it. You know, it's silly to pretend like we, we don't understand. I do get it. I get I completely understand how Trump got elected. <laughs> like, let's not pretend that we don't know. There's There's a number of factors that came together. And I get it. I understand. I completely understand why Hillary didn't get elected. The perfect storm. Yeah. Well, it was just every election is a perfect storm. There's some confluence of events and and, and issues that come together. And that's what happens. Obama, you'd say it's a perfect storm. Bush, perfect storm. Like, it happens. So. What? What I was thinking is. Well, I we got to get through this email. Okay. Okay. okay go back to the email. No, good. If you No, it, it was just that it seemed that this election more than. Uh, a few of them I could remember was about just jobs and money. It was just about money. It and I guess people is. felt that Trump would be better with the money than Hillary. Yeah, well, look, obviously Hillary Clinton had her issues and people didn't like her. Uh, right, but that's like a Republican fantasy. Trump is like the... Imbo- I think I said this on the podcast mm-hmm. early, where Trump is this embodiment of what the narrative on the Republican side is this fantasy of if you work hard in America, God damn it, you're going to be successful. You're going to be a billionaire. You're going to be successful. And Trump is the ultimate representation of that. And he, because he's rich, he's going to make us rich. That's clearly a factor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, yeah. Okay. Megan says, for instance, one of the first Trump supporters I debated with was a radical Christian. See, I don't even honestly, Megan, why don't bother in the outset of the discussion he explained to me that disagreeing with homosexuality didn't mean that trump was a homophobe 
the Trump supporter, let's call him Punky Jesus, <laughs> okay. admitted that he didn't agree with homosexuality but didn't consider himself a homophobe. See, I get that logic, and that's the thing. We can have that argument all day being like, no, you are a homophobe, and here's why. He is following God's word, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so you're being... Um, you're being biased against him or bigoted against him by telling him that his he's wrong with his religion. Yes. He technically can't be, you know, because I don't know either. He might be right. Jesus might hate gay people. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I've never met Jesus. I haven't talked to him. But this guy didn't either. I, I'm guessing Jesus doesn't hate gay people. He'll probably love him. Um, but, you know, I get that point, though. That's the thing, right? Like, he has his religious belief. Yes. And it's from God. And we always keep, we keep telling people that's good to have faith and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Okay, well, so why is he wrong? Megan says, I responded by asking him uh, for three concrete reasons why he supported Trump. His response, I like Trump because he is a repentant sinner who God is going to use for his purpose. Well, okay, you know what? I'm not even going to read it because it's like this this person is an extremist. So you're Mm -hmm. you're dealing with an extremist. You're not going to change his mind. And I just don't think it's important to even you can talk to him all you want, but I don't think it's important to try to sway that person's vote. They're done. You're not going to get their vote. Um, Okay, so let's skip ahead. This is what a win looks like. Well, I'm sorry, Megan. <laughs> uh, appeal to facts and avoid feelings. To Chris's point from last week's episode, use objective reasoning when explaining why Trump is so terrible. One de- and again, why Trump's They're not going to validate so what you bring to the table, though. Well, <clears throat> hopefully. You know, we, again, we live in a post-truth era. Facts don't matter anymore. Nope. So that's a problem. I mean, you're increasingly seeing stuff from the right where it's like, oh, the New York Times. Yeah. Yeah, the New York Times is like, the newspaper of record. Yeah, it's been there a long time. Okay, it's a real newspaper. Yes, there might be a bit of a liberal bias in certain aspects of it, but they're doing real report. Like, can we not pretend that... But no, now we're at a point where even the New York Times... It's like, no, the New York Times... If Trump that. says it, it must be true. Yeah. <clears throat> One debate in particular that I had with some white guy who works in finance illustrates this step, as well as steps two, criticize statements on character, privilege, blah, blah, blah. I asked the supported Trump, his response... Oh, this is very long, Megan. All right, let me read it. I asked... He supported Trump. His response, points I like by Trump was his points on taxation laws. There you go, Joey. Okay. His opinions on trade deals. I actually kind of like some of what he's saying about the trade deals. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, His points on how to create jobs in the country. There aren't any. That's nonsense. As well uh, as I like the fact that he was unbought business person. Not true, but okay. Mm -hmm. But that's the narrative that people bought into. Fine. But that's completely false. The points I didn't like about him were some of the points that Punky Jesus stated, but at least he has an opinion on some issues and stated them as opposed to just thrashing the other party. Well, and that's a factor as well. Hillary, a lot of it was like, okay, like, okay, Donald, you kooky fuck. But yeah, you have to talk to the, you're talking to only your base, but you're not even talking to them in a way that. It's it's not going to have them be engaging and vote for you. Exactly. If you want to look at why Trump got elected, it's fairly easy to see. The left has been so close minded to anyone else with another viewpoint. I mean, that's both, but that's the thing. Both sides are like that, and frankly, the liberal—I don't know. You know, again, it's stepping into another person's shoes. You look at somebody who's super religious, who doesn't favor gay marriage. Mm-hmm. They're bigoted. They're bigots. They're homophobes. You look at somebody on the left who's all for gay marriage and wants abortion rights and wants. You know, all, all these... The baby killers. Right. And 
ob- there is no ob- you cannot be objective when you actually believe in God and when you actually don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like both sides are right to an extent. I get the argument from the right. I don't support that. I think it's it's not something we can prove. But what are you? But that's true. They're both they're close minded on both sides, and you have to see that. You have to see that even though you probably are right if you're if you're coming from this like liberal perspective that people should be able to live their lives and do all this stuff. But you're also telling people they can't say certain words, and you're telling people they can't um, refuse service to a gay couple at their own pizza place. Bad news. They can. Mm-hmm. It's a private business. They shouldn't, but, but they, they can, can. I think you know what I mean. So that's. Man, you got to just you have to really look at this stuff very closely. There are people on the right that feel exactly the same as people on the left. Yes. They just don't agree about you know, they don't they don't agree about what they feel bad about, but, yeah, but they the, both feel the same. Yeah, way. but the thing that we should realize that we don't and we don't focus on it enough, we agree we have more that we agree in common than on I don't what know we about don't. That. I think that's a nonsense cliche, but Okay. I do. I think that's that's crap. And that's my point. I don't think we do, I don't agree and I never will probably agree on, you know, half the issues that we're dealing with. That's fine. Get more people to get more people. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the solution. There's a whole generation of kids coming up. Get them to vote liberal. But don't fucking let them down. That's the other problem here. Obama let people down. Hillary let people down. Bill let people down. That's the issue. Well, Republicans but- let people down. That's why Trump is here. Don't do that. Get the fucking corporate interests out. Actually represent people and do what you say you're going to do. Get a percentage of it done in good faith. That's how you keep people and gain people to your team. Otherwise, you're going to lose them. Yeah, but when you have a whole class of people that feel like they haven't had a fair shake in 30 years, that's how you get Donald Trump. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, of course. But and again, once again, Bernie identified the problem that there's too much money in politics, that the corporations run this country. Look what's happening at the Dakota Access Pipeline, which we're going to talk about on the next episode. Yes. That's a criminal shame that, you know, is it's embarrassing to be, you know, watching this whole thing go down. Um, but, but like you said, right, 30 years, people feel like they've been left out of the game and all that stuff. They think Trump is the one that's going to do it because he, he talked that game and Republicans haven't helped them. It's not as simple as just getting people out and replacing them. It's getting the whole system overhauled. Then you'll be able to just naturally get people in that will do your bidding hmm. <laughs> because they actually represent you, not the corporations. All right. This guy continued in his email. These safe spaces people can't even imagine that other people have opinions that are not their own. They don't see that their behavior caused it. Well, let's be careful about that. To, to an extent, I think it's a reaction, but... I don't think safe space liberals are the reason that racists exist. I think racists came well before safe space liberals. You know, that, that, no, it's the truth, Joey. I mean, what? We, we had slavery in America. Were there safe spaces no. then? Okay. By calling people racist, sexist, homophobic when they have a different opinion than them, and who probably aren't, I'll give it to you, blah, 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 but it's the oversensitive people throwing temper tantrums and rioting every time something didn't go their way. It's the way that left consistently blames white privileged men, whatever that means, for everything that is wrong with their lives. Do they seriously think that the average white man did this to them? It's far much, it's far much easier to blame someone for your lack of achievements than actually go get them. Well, that's a very, you know... Okay, <laughs> there's systemic reasons why people can't achieve and, and different things like that. But but again, this is a point of view that if you discount it, fine. 
But understand there's a big percentage of people that do feel this way. Mm-hmm. And you can have this conversation until you're blue in the face about privilege and whatever. If somebody doesn't feel it, they're not going to agree with you. Correct. Um, let's see. Imagine the Black Lives Matter movement spent that much time and effort into working to build their communities instead of rioting and blaming systemic discrimination for the conditions that's, they live in. That's ridiculous. That's I'm a nonsense. Sorry. Right. And, and that's, that's a nonsense claim. But good luck getting this guy to go, well, oh, yeah, I guess I see your point. There are myriad reasons why that doesn't make sense. I personally believe that in the U.S. and Canada, if you work hard, you can achieve anything. It's just a matter of will. Wrong. I disagree with you. I think hard work is involved in everything. No matter what. Something's got to fall for you, too, though. Yeah, but luck is a factor. Race is a factor. Location is a factor. You know, Timing. It's a very convenient ideology, and it's very it's much easier to have that ideology when things are going well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I would assume this guy's not uh, in a shitty situation. My So Megan said, my response, let's be clear. The only person I've called an ist or a phobe was Trump. I've made no gross generalizations about his supporters or accused uh, anyone of bigotry or accused you of bigotry, nor am I blaming white privileged men for his victory. Okay. Uh, I understand the privilege. Yeah, but, but it wasn't just white privileged men. A high population of the women voted. Oh, absolutely. It was white Trump. college women voted for him. Got 30% of Latinos. Explain that. We talked about it, though, a couple of weeks ago where we got an email where it's like there's a percentage of people probably that are legal immigrants to the country that see the illegal immigrants coming in and they're like, fuck them. I went through the process. They go, fuck them. Yeah. Build a wall. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's not that cut and dry. We also have to stop being so fucking ac- academic about everything. Obviously, you pay attention to facts. You know, there's information out there. You can learn. You can become educated about things. But at a certain point, you can go, yeah, I get why that person goes, fuck that. People do not like to be told what to do on either side. And while I disagree with a lot of what that guy said in that email there, yeah, the the liberal left can be pretty annoying and preachy and whatever. It becomes an annoying conversation after a while. Uh, your expectation that BLM, this is Megan now saying in response to him, your expectation that BLM supporters take individual responsibility for building their communities does not recognize America's criminal responsibility for making black slaves build their fucking country, not to mention mass incarceration and the straight up murder of black men by trigger happy. Yeah, of course. I mean, of course that all, we talk about that all the time. I understand that privilege is relative and I'm not saying that you and every white man should feel personally guilty for Trumpism or any other ism that exists. But I do think that we should all take action to resist systems of oppression rather than being complacent in them. Yeah. Well, that's the truth, including corporate dominance over the country. Uh, the whole thing is oppression. The it, It's all it, in my eye. It's always one group of people taking advantage of another group of people. It, it kind of makes me think of what Yamanika brought up uh, about the Yamanika whole Mexican. Saunders, rant and raven. Uh, about about the whole Mexicans thing was that everyone points to them and they want to feel better than that group does. Oh, absolutely. And I, I feel that that has a lot to do with the Trump supporters as well right now. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, look, it was, it was the same thing when the slaves were freed, the, the big concern of, of poor white cla- white people in the South. Okay, we're poor white people in the South. We have nothing, but we're better than these slaves. Now when the slaves are not slaves anymore, what happens? They come up to your level, and now it's like, oh, I'm no better than these people that used to be slaves. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. that all factors in, um, rightly or wrongly, but I'm just saying. But that it is does. A clearly, a, clearly a thing. Uh, Megan, I apologize. I'm skipping the rest of that uh, that part. Number six, never compromise on racism, sexism, anti-immigrant, xenophobia. See, th- but you have to compromise. That's the whole thing. <laughs> well, on racism, sex. I mean, 
the phrase anti-immigrant xenophobia, you just lost 40% of the voting public. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they don't care. You you can keep saying these words over and over again, but until they actually have a black friend or a, a Puerto Rican friend- They're not going to leave the house to they vote. They don't care. They don't care. Uh, but I, but I, I, again, mm. it's a very complicated situation. Finally, as you guys know, I'm your number one Canadian listener. We goddamn yeah. do know that, absolutely. This means that some of your other listeners and some of the people I have on Facebook might be confused as to why I'm so concerned about the American presidency. From a purely selfish viewpoint, my boyfriend and I recently spent a magical weekend in New York City and are now unsure if we'll be able to go back because he's Muslim. You can fucking come to New York City. It's totally Yeah, you're fine. Even if he isn't halted at the border, I'd be worried about his safety on the other side. New York's totally safe. That's fine. Ah, I mean, I can't guarantee that, but I I think the idea- He will be fine. Yeah, I think he's going to be okay. More broadly, though, Trump is a cancer that spreads, and one of the major leadership contenders for the Conservative Party of Canada is a piece of scum named Kelly Leitch. She's called Trump's campaign an exciting message as she plans on relaying- to Canadians. Fuck that noise. If you're still here, thanks for reading, and I'm looking forward to listening to more of your post-election commentary this week. All the best, Megan. Thank you, Megan. Let me of just still say, here. damn it, you beat me to it. Damn it. Of course, we're still here. Is yeah, I, I, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is, this you know, the that is the problem. Far-right movements uh, around the world now are going to see that Trump got elected, and they're like, oh, great. Time to come out of the woodwork. Here we go. Marine yeah. Le Pen and all these people in France. This person that Megan brought up. Listen, it's been two weeks, right? Or something uh-huh. like that. So we got to keep our heads on straight. I think. Okay. Tell me. Again, I think it's no, no, expanding no, 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 no. the base. Talk it's talk not talk necessarily talk. convincing other people to vote against your person. How do you keep your head on straight when someone tells you that the stock market is at 19,000? Trump hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. No regulation has changed. Right. Today is no different than yesterday, but it's at 19,000 points. What do you say? Because it's, it's up? Yeah, it's up. Yeah, because business is going to do well under Trump. Business is. People confuse the fact that business doing well means people are going to get jobs and paid better. It's not the case. But businesses don't eat. Well, absolutely. But that's that's what we've been talking about this whole time. People that have this illusion that Trump is going to come in and somehow be a, uh, you know, a trust buster and all this shit. He's not. Trump is as tied up in the corporate fucking, you know, bureaucracy as anybody else. Probably more so because he's benefited the most from it. Um yeah, it, it it's you know that that's but that's the thing that's the rub you got tricked. People that voted for Trump got tricked in a lot of ways. It's silly to think that. I ah, give him a chance. We see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. This is an email from April. Hey guys, I first heard a clip of your show on a Huffington Post. What? So I read this last week. I got to answer April actually, like in the email. I first heard of your uh, a clip of your show on a Huffington Post article, and I've been hooked ever since. What Huffington Post article? I have no idea. April, if you're listening, please attach that article. I'd love to know. We this podcast was on a Huffington Post article. I would love to know that. I got to respond to her actually in the email though, in case she doesn't listen to this. But yes, what? Uh, I'm a poli sci grad, so I already have an interest in the subject matter, but you guys share it in such a way that it's interesting to all. Oh, thank you. Yay. I recommend it to all my friends, politically inclined or otherwise, and especially the conservative ones that need their minds opened. Yeah, that's right. Do you know, I, it, I, I feel like needing their minds opened is too aggressive. I think we should change it to newer life experiences. Well, it is. It's, it's experience. Most conservatives are against gay marriage. Dick Cheney was until his daughter was gay. Then he was for it. <laughs> Why? Because that's a person that he sees and he goes, "Oh, she's not bad. That's my no, daughter. That's my she daughter. Just likes to eat box." Okay, he got on board. That's the point. You know what uh. I mean? You need more experiences. You need to meet more fucking people that are not like you. That's how you actually understand things. And again, you have to leave the comfort zone. Smoke some weed. Yeah. 
Uh, I always think about writing in, but never have. After the election, I was so shocked, stunned, flabbergasted. How many more ways can I say it? I just have to share my opinion as an outsider. It's never ending. I'm from southwestern Ontario, Canada. Ah, Canada, too. Uh, and travel to the U.S. regularly. I've got a bunch of American friends and generally subscribe to American popular culture. Very good. I can't speak for the rest of the world, but I think largely here in Canada, we have been so engrossed in American culture that we have more similarities than differences until now. I was watching on election night and my heart sank as the results came in. I thought there was no way this is truly happening. No way that the American people are electing this, this maniac. Oh, no. Now it happened. America loves maniacs. There has never been a time in my life where I have felt so entirely distant from a country so close and people that are so familiar. Yeah. The American election is all people here have been talking about. And some say that, it quote, doesn't matter, it doesn't affect us, or we can't really change that much. But I don't believe that. We've become such a global world that anything that happens in the U.S. affects all, us all, whether it be economic, climate change, or war. Well, that's really... Mm-hmm. That's correct. The invisible line at the border can't protect us from his reach, and I'm extremely nervous for the four years to come. Sure. Me too. Leaving the candidates' qualifications and competence aside, I wish other countries could look at Canada's last election as an example of how the tone of election can and should be run. Our prime minister ran a positive and optimistic campaign. When other parties insulted his hair or him posing shirtless for charity, he always took the high road and focused on policy and qualifications. Never once did he run an ad based on anything other than policy differences. Certainly, this wasn't the only thing that allowed his party to jump from 34 to 184 seats and win the election. But for me, it was a breath of fresh air for our politicians to focus on politics and not who is better hair or smiles more. Let me tell you, the whole point is to keep you distracted. Well, absolutely, and especially in this country where. We're distracted. I mean, again, I've never been to Canada, so I don't really know what the situation is. I don't think you have the same corporate influence over your election cycle like we do. Our news is entertainment. I'm not sure if that's how it is in Canada. You can write back. Uh, but there's there's issues that keep it from being strictly issues. Mm. Yeah, I, everybody says that. I, I'd love that to be the case, ideally. But that is not how it's going to be until you get the corporate control out of the game. Uh, I've been thinking, and the corporate media is complicit in it as well. I've been thinking they want about people to watch TV. Something. Go ahead, Joe. Do you think Donald Trump is asking Mitt Romney to have a position? So the first Romney's day, not going to have a position. I guarantee. L- l- let's say Romney has a position. Okay. After the first day, and it's going to be doggy style. Trump's just going to bone him. Well, I, I I'm thinking Trump is just going to look at him on live TV and go, "You're fired." <laughs> I would vote for Trump. I'd vote for Trump in the next election if if, if he, he did tra- that. Yeah, Mr. Romney, you're fired. Two words for you. You fired. Oh, and then he just can't cans him. Yeah. Rudy, get in here, you crazy son. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mr. Trump. Oh, let me suck with Oh. Uh yeah, well, that'd be wild. But I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think poor <laughs> Mitt 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 Romney. Hello. I don't think he's gonna be the uh, Secretary of State. It's not gonna happen. After listening to episode one oh four, I had a few insight one oh four, good morning, America. I had a few insights I wanted to make about the exit poll results. The part about couples voting the same, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, we talked about this on on that episode. My parents do this, and it drives me crazy. Their logic is that if they vote for different people, then essentially their vote is canceled out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's me and my dad. I cancel his vote out all the time, although we vote in different states now, so that's not true. So they discuss prior to election day and come to a decision that works for them both. But to Matt's point, yeah, Matt's not here. Uh, I think people who are married tend to lean the same direction, so it usually doesn't require much compromise. Yeah, maybe. Do you want someone voting for president? that is voting for a party because they don't have sex. What do you mean? Well, I, I'm feeling that the woman's going to hold out on the dude. and uh, Why can't the man be holding out on the woman, Joe? You're such a fucking sexist. That could be the reason to hire female voters for Trump. Um, 
Or it could be that women simply don't like being told that they have to vote for somebody because they share the same reproductive. Well, yeah, of course. I don't know how many times I heard in the campaign that if you are a woman, you have to vote for a woman or you're turning your back on your gender from her supporters in the Clinton campaign. As a, as a woman, I find that in, that insulting and that would turn me off voting for her, but not enough to vote for Trump. Yeah, but that's the thing. If there are people in the middle of the country, women who non-college educated, not making any judgment about their intelligence or anything like that, but typically non-college, they might be stay at home or, yeah. you know, they're... Yeah, they're they they're like I don't fucking feel related to the Hillary Clinton is unrelated to a non college educated stay at home mom in you know Iowa. She just is. They're not. They're yeah. barely the same. They don't even register. And absolutely, if you're being told, well, you're a shitty woman if you don't vote for her. Fuck you, fuck you. I'm gonna vote for Trump. He's not gonna come here and grab my pussy. He's not even close to me. Also, I think if she would have won in such a divisive election, it could have done more harm than good for women in politics because from then on, anytime a woman ran, she'd be compared to Hillary and would have had to carry the baggage of all her mistakes. Uh, yes and no. I think it would have been good anyway to just get her in there and open the door, but I hear it's that It's setting point. the ball just at the right level. Come on. Um, just enough. Yeah. The first female president will set the tone for all females in office to come. So if she was a failure, as many thought she would have been, she could have set us back years in our attempt for equality. Well- I don't know about that. I doubt that. I don't know about that. I got to disagree. I can't wait for a female president or an elected female prime minister for that matter, but I will not vote for a woman for woman's sake. And I think that really struck a chord with a lot of other women. I think you're right. Absolutely. The, the Hillary Clinton campaign was misguided from the start. Dude, I, we talked about America Ferrara with her nonsense yes. uh, op-ed in the Huffington Post. It was infuriating to read. Mm-hmm. Not because I dislike women or, you know, just all of her reasons. Like, I would totally Netflix and chill with Hillary. Go Fuck your mom. That's not how you're going to get people to vote for it. It's, it's a turn. You're preaching to the cryo again. Yes. It's, 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 it's cute, but it's not a win. No. Go sip out of your Chillery Clinton a beer koozie and, and watch Trump burn the fucking world down. Sorry for the long email. Congratulations on passing your 100th episode. Keep up the great work, and I can't wait to hear more. April. Thank you, April. We really appreciate you listening. Um, thank you for sharing the podcast. And please, if you're listening to this, I'm going to answer your email, but if you're listening to this, send me that Huffington Post article or let me know more about that because that's, that's, I'm going to sue them. What? No, never mind. We got an email from George. Now, George, uh-huh. a little upset with us, which is fine. I understand. But oh, is this hate mail? No, it's not hate. It's not hate mail. It's very well thought out. I, oh, I okay. want to read it. This is from George. Hello, Chris. My wife and I are longtime listeners and fans of the podcast. We really appreciate the perspective, and it usually leads us to having some pretty interesting conversations as well. That's great. As long as I've been listening, MSP 104 is the first time that I've actually cringed while listening. I was uncomfortable. So much so that I was compelled to send an email. That's fine. Yeah, thank you. While I typically agree with, or can at least understand your position and perspective, I totally disagree with the thought that people shouldn't protest or, quote, be hyperbolic or make the assertion that Trump isn't their president. Hmm. Well, I think that's extremely diplomatic to take that position is just the ability to exercise your privilege. It's easy to say none of the things he says is impossible, uh, is possible when those threats weren't directed at you. It's easy to say he's not racist when you are the target, when you're not the target of the racist rhetoric, both from Trump and a number of his supporters. It's easy to say those things when you want it to potentially register as a Muslim. I might, though. I think that's the solution, by the way. I've been thinking about it a lot. No, no, no. This is serious. If there's a Muslim registry, mm-hmm. everyone should register as a Muslim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. how you solve the problem. Like, Jesus okay, Christ. yeah, we'll do it. That's fine. Yeah, everyone's We're Muslim, all Muslim. Muslim. Sorry. 
to say these things are impossible, the deportation, the wall, the wall is impossible. I promise the wall is impossible. The registry is the hate. The hate's not impossible, but that's been there anyway. Mm-hmm. When you were just as easily convinced that him being the president was equally impossible, it's just not logical, especially to the people who could be targeted by an awakened class of people who have been ignored. That's the concern, right, that the Trump rhetoric is now emboldened this group of people that have sort of been a silent minority, majority, mm-hmm. whatever you want to say, for a while, and that it's going to, you know, hatred is going to increase. I don't think, I hear your point. You know, well, but, 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 I'm sorry, but that's underestimating our humanity by, by a lot. No, but there's people out there. Look, this is what I want to say. When I say don't be hyperbolic, I, I truly mean in reference to his policies, in reference to saying, you know, Hitler, he's Hitler. He's going to kill all of us. You know, I don't think he's going to do that. That's being hyperbolic. What you do is you focus on the actual policy that he puts in place, which is no doubt going to be bad. Um, and you critical, you be critical of that in a realistic way. To the point about, you know, it's easy for me to say it because it's probably not going to affect me. You're right. The Muslim registry is not going to affect me. Um, you know, persecution against black people is not going to affect me yeah, because but I'm you not can't. black. But, but uh, I don't think by saying don't be hyperbolic or whatever that I was discounting that. I think it's true. I think that there is a concern on the part of these groups in the country, these minority groups. Yeah, and it's realistic. That's true. But that's not the way we're going to get Trump out of office mm-hmm. because the people that voted for him don't care about that necessarily. True. Right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. How do you feel about that, Joey? The idea that, you know, us be, us saying don't be hyperbolic about it. Well, but but again, the, me saying don't be hyperbolic doesn't mean you can't look at a racist thing that happened and go, that's fucking racist. We pointed out the Twitter post where you had the Star of David thing. It was like, Hillary's yeah, corrupt. that was a while like, ago. Yeah. That's, that's fucked up. Uh, there's been a number of other things that he's done. We've talked about him calling Mexicans rapists, the Muslim registry. No, of course you shouldn't do that. But, but I, but I don't think. I I have to say when I don't think something's possible, I'm gonna say I don't think it's possible. It doesn't mean I'm discounting it. But if I look at it and I go, yeah, I don't think he can do that. And if he does do it, then I'm sorry. I thought he couldn't do it. You're right. Uh, I didn't think he could be president. I was wrong. But once he became the the fucking uh, nominee, I said it all along. It's 50 50 now. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, we talk about different odds and whatever, but he's there. Now he has a chance to become president. We said that. Yeah, he's in the game. Yeah. Uh, okay. Their fears are, these fears are real. I agree. I'm not discounting your fear. Absolutely. And I'm sorry. And you're right to be fearful to an extent. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. As a black man with multiple degrees, I share some of these fears in a way that doesn't translate as, hyper- as hyperbole. As a husband to a Puerto Rican woman, who holds advanced degrees, I know her fears. Fears that aren't shallow or surface. As the father to two brown babies, I'm afraid of what the future looks like. No doubt about it. And as somebody who's going to have two you know, white babies one day, I'm fearful about their future as well. We have, we, we have common cause there. Yes. But I do understand absolutely that, yes, as a white guy, my concern is less about what is going to happen as far as policy and... and you know, rhetoric. It's not, you're right. It's not going to affect me. And I, I, I hear you. I'm an optimist. I truly want to have faith that things will be okay, but I cannot ignore the things that Trump has said as a candidate, not saying ignore them, but every candidate says things and they don't get them all done. 
And now we're even seeing in the couple of weeks after that Trump has got, well, I'm not going to prosecute Hillary. Well, I'm open to building a fence and a wall. Well, we'll do this. And maybe we'll do that. Oh, we'll leave some of Obamacare. So he's changing a lot of those ideas. Again, it's a matter of what he actually does. And I'm not saying ignore him, pretend that none of it's possible. Some of it is possible and some of it's going to be really bad. But a percentage of it isn't possible. And we know that. We said it during the the primary process. Um, I can't take lightly... Oh, I can't ignore the things that he's done as a businessman. You shouldn't. I can't take lightly the men and women that he's considering for positions of power. You shouldn't take that lightly either. And nobody has. No. We're not taking that lightly. The people that are going to shape the next four years or more. These people haven't been speaking or acting in a way that suggests hyperbole. That's not true. (laughs) They are. They are being hyperbolic. They are. A lot of what they say is hyperbole. Of course. These are real people with really scary ideologies. Yeah. But again... Saying you're going to do something and doing something are two different things. I'm not saying discount it, but I'm talking about ineptitude. I'm talking about uh, impossibilities, things that are just fiscally impossible. Building the wall will cost a trillion dollars. They're not going to do that. They can't do it. There's not enough people to do it. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't mean you pretend that, you know, the idea behind it isn't real. It is. Mm. There's people in the country that want it for sure, but it's not possible, I don't think. He is not going to be able to deport 12 million people. He is going to put a percentage of people in detention centers, and there's going to be a whole host mm-hmm. of problems that go along with that. I agree with you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. I think he is going to try to bring stop and frisk back. I think he is going to try to, quote, clean up the, you know, the whatever, black communities or poor communities. Yeah, there's real fear that should be attached to that. I agree. But to what extent? And that's that's what I mean about being hyperbolic. I don't mean it's hyperbolic to be fear. You know, if you're afraid, you're afraid. Yeah. But you can quell some of that fear and you can be more optimistic by looking at it and going, realistically, I don't think he's going to be able to do that. But it doesn't mean that there's not going to be a problem. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not trying to discount that at all. I, I get where you're coming from. If you feel like you aren't as affected, that's a blessing. And I envy you in a lot of ways. But the feeling of comfort shouldn't move you to assume that oppressed people are overreacting when they are protesting more oppression. It's not fair. Thanks and keep up the good work, George. That's a fair point. To that point, though, I said you have the right to protest. Yes. Please go pro- go protest if you want to protest. I'm fine with that. But I just th- fear it's too early. He hasn't even done anything Well, yet. but the pro- again, the problem is he is your president. You know, he is. So you can either try to hold him accountable and really pay attention to it, or we can go out and protest and say he's not my president and react again, this is more to this point, react the way that people were fearful that the Trump people were going to act Mm -hmm. when Hillary got elected. That's what we're doing here. Do it, though. You have the right. I just don't necessarily think that's the right way to go about it. There's plenty of things you can protest. Go protest the Electoral College. Go Mm protest, you know, or whatever. But you can protest however you want. That's your right to do it. I just don't necessarily think that's the right way to go about it when there's actual structural change that can be made and we should be starting that process now. But listen, I understand that there's real fear out there and people want to go out and at least go, hey, I had nothing to do with this. I don't like this. I don't want this to be the case. But at a certain point, we got to accept it and start trying to find a way to fight against it as opposed to just pretending that it's not happening or or, or trying to get it overturned or whatever. I don't think that's going to happen. But... George, feel free to write back anytime. I appreciate it. Um, I hope I address some of what you had to say there. And I'd be happy to hear from you again, for sure. Joe, you mm-hmm. got any final thoughts on that? No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, this is from David. Sup, Chris. Currently listening to MSP 105. 
And you mentioned how much easier a job it is for extremists to recruit now that Trump is president-elect. My professor on Middle Eastern politics said something to the nature of extremists on opposite sides are often each other's greatest ally in regards to Middle Eastern politics and extremism. Also, great reporting of the Facebook news. Joey, that's more to you. Oh, thank you. Uh, scary shit. David. Yeah, absolutely. I agree about with your professor. Um, hate breeds hate. You know, fear yeah. breeds fear. And extremism breeds extremism. When you have a guy like... Um, God, I can't think of the guy's name. Whoever Trump is trying to appoint as the CIA director, he has talked about religious war. You know, we need to make these people realize that Jesus Christ is the way to the you know light and all this stuff. He's gonna you, the, the, that's an extremist that we've put in position of power there um, that I'm very concerned about. We're gonna bring waterboarding back. We're gonna be tougher on them. We're gonna bring them to okay. Go ahead, keep go fill Guantanamo Bay up again and see how that works. Mm. You cannot. F- if you abhor these people, these terrorists, these radicals, these extremists, and you think that what they're doing is barbaric and horrible and we're so much better, then don't fucking behave like them. And that's a point that needs to get through. And it's not going to get through to people on the right. They think it's just a matter of, well, Obama's a pussy. He talked to them. Meanwhile, Obama's dropping drones on people mm-hmm. and fucking killing people. He took out Bin Laden. All this shit happened under Obama. Don't act like Obama's some dove. He's just not willing to say out loud what he the, did what he's did you know what i mean so that, that's part of it but i completely agree with you i think his name is mike pompeo yeah yeah mike pompeo yeah pompeo that's a scary me. dude and we're, we'll talk about it on the, the the episode come you know the actual episode this week but yeah we have extremists now in our in our midst yes well i, I still like again we said i like that phrasing trump used we're gonna drain the swamp i just don't see the swamp dissipating no, it's not going anywhere. That's crazy. It's just a it's just a thing. Man Samp, who's this from? Oh, from Jeffrey. For starters, feathered. I love the show. Thank mm-hmm. you, J Train Lister. I really appreciate the outlook on things like the bee population, the progress on weed legalization, discussing advancements in science and technology, and a few other things. One thing that I struggle with is I feel like you have such conviction on your views and how they are so simply the only way that it's hard to look and understand conflicting views. I don't know about that. Mm. This article You are a little rigid sometimes, yeah. Well, it's up it's up to the other side to convince me that I'm wrong. And I'm open. Uh one thing that I really can't get past, in short, is how absurd the idea of smart guns is. I grew up in a deep red place and have really good friends there still. I can tell you factually, you will never ever get granddaddy's gun off the fireplace mantle. Sure. Tell them you're going to replace it with one that works uh on their fingerprint and they will get even more pissed. Well, granddaddy's gonna die eventually. The oh. last, what? He is. That's how change happens. Generations die. And then the new generation takes over. And then slowly but surely, you whittle away their crazy ideas. But I'm not trying to get rid of granddaddy's gun. He can keep it up in the fireplace. It doesn't bother me. I don't think I've ever said I want to get rid of all guns. I don't. No. I'm actually all for hunting, you know, humane hunting. You just don't need automatic weapons. Self-defense. Like you should be able to shoot people that walk on your property. I'm fine. I, really, I'm actually fine with that. Uh, the last bachelor party I went to, we drank all afternoon and shot clays from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m., about 700 rounds in total, all while getting more and more drunk. End of the night, we had a raffle for a pistol and an AR-15. Mm. This sounds bad, maybe, but we've all been around guns since we could walk, fired them at the age of four, and knew that no matter how much we drank, a gun was to be pointed downrange. These people believe that the laws they have now are enough common sense laws, and to put any more in place would be inhibiting rights and our good time. You make a gun that can only work under my fingerprint. I can't pass it to my friends to try it and see how they like 
it versus their code. Well, you could do it like an iPhone where I can program in multiple fingerprints. Maybe we'll say up to six and you can let your friends try it. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not, but, but also bud, that's the least of my concerns. I got to be honest with you. I don't fire guns. I'm sure it is fun. I'm sure you had a great time. You have to hit clay discs. Is it like, well, I'm sure that's skeet shooting. I'm sure it's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. I would like to do that. And you're not the problem. You know what I mean? So I get it. I get why you'd be concerned about that. But, you know. We're not going to be taking your gun. Yeah. Well, but even, but even still, you know, there's, there's ways around that. But I don't think we should just be like, listen, yes, kids are getting killed at school. Um, but I had a blast on Saturday. <laughs> and I wanted Rod, Rodney, to, to use my gun. And he fucking couldn't. I mean, we can figure out the fingerprint thing. I'm not, I'm not like completely set that it only has me one one finger one gun we, we could do it like an iphone that's how it works but I, I hear you i think a lot of people came out of the oh my god i got a text message from my fiance i think a lot of people came out of the hills in this last election strictly in support of guns and that life maybe trump played that up really well i mean it's a complete lie that hillary's trying to undo the get rid of this repeal she's going to repeal the second amendment no she's, no, she's impossibly not. not it's a life that i think a lot will never understand but it's one people don't want disturbed and hillary had a lot of talk against guns anyways i should get some stuff accomplished today but look forward to discussing this further with you yeah nice feel free to write in again and i appreciate the email i hear you i mean again i'm not trying to get rid of all guns i don't think that's the way to go i don't think we have to do that but there were all a few steps we can take yeah legitimize gun. Uh, absolutely and that's it right and you're not you're not the problem sense. you're not part of the problem from David again. Oh, there's the last one, Joey. No, don't say it's so. It is so. Hey, Chris and Joey, I signed a petition to the United States House of Representatives and the United States Senate, which says, members of Congress must stop Donald Trump's appointment of Steve Bannon as a White House chief strategist and senior counsel. There is no place for a white supremacist, anti-Semitic misogynist in the White House. If you want to sign it yourselves and plug it to the listeners, click here. It's a move on petition. Um, you guys can check it out if you want. I've signed a few of those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remind me about that. I want to go back to that. Thanks. Love the show. Keep up the good work, and let's keep fighting the good fight. David. Yes, David. Let's do that. Uh, again, Steve Bannon, man. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I, I don't know if he's going to get confirmed or, or whatever has to happen. Um, bad news. There is room in the White House for white supremacists and, and misogynists. If enough people in Congress decide that there is, then there is. Yeah, just about half of them. Yeah. Um. I agree. It's that's not good. We don't want that to be the case. Feel free to sign the petition. That's fine. Um, we'll see. I mean, this is a we'll see one. Yeah. And again, this guy is more dangerous. I think in his ability to manipulate the media. That's going to be the 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 scary part, and his contacts within the media. And you know, yeah, that's really what you should be concerned about. And yes, of course, he might espouse misogynistic or anti-Semitic or white white power view. You know, yeah. <laughs> yes, but this is, you know, this is shit that should have, uh, you know, there's there's enough people in the country that voted for that, and that's why he's there. But what you got to do is keep in mind that he's going to be very subtle about it. Yeah, I'm sure. To the, to, I, I, if you guys go to my Twitter, at Mansamp, I retweeted a petition about Chelsea Manning oh, okay. to try to get her sentence commuted. Sign that. Do me a favor, go sign that. We need as much people, as many people as possible signing that. That was very nice of you. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the fucking literal least we could do. Um, all right, Joey, what do you think there, bud? Pretty good. Yeah? I'm excited. Are you? You seem yes. like you fell asleep. What happened? We answered a bunch of emails. 
Yeah, we got through the emails. I mean, if you guys listen to it, the, the people that emailed in, I, I appreciate it. I'm going to try to respond maybe to some of them, but honestly, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really in just like, don't give a fuck mode <laughs> this week. I've been very uh, relaxed uh, since I did a lot of work last week and whatever, but uh, we responded to the emails. I mean, we, yes. we, we answered them all there, and we do appreciate it. You got any final thoughts? You got any other hot doorknob issues you want to? I want to know what you want to do for the new year. What? The new year. What do you mean? It's coming up. Yeah. You want to you wanna play around with the show's format a little? No. Well, let me say this. I'm getting married on January 7th, and so there will not be an episode probably that week or the week after, So I'm just because I'll be in, on vacation. I'll be on wow. You're just, you're just like jumping the gun on that one. Yeah. Well, I'm just letting people know so that way they're prepared for it. I mean, you could do a goddamn episode if you want. Like in three months ahead of time, prepare for it? Yeah. You should start preparing now. You do it. You and Mac can do it. Uh, I don't know, Joey. What the fuck are we going to do for the New Year's? I don't know. December 30th, I'm watching uh, Ronda Rousey versus Amanda Nunez. And that's it. That's all I've planned out so far. And I'm getting married. You better be ready for that. You're going to be there. Yeah, I am going to be there. Yeah. Uh, All right. Any any other uh, hot topics you'd like to get to? We're good. Oh, can we come back in five minutes? No. You didn't stop it. He just just pointed at the thing. Yeah, at the thing. No. Save it. Save it. If you got something to talk about, we'll do it on the next episode. This was mostly just emails, and it's great. Uh, We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We will talk to you on Friday with MSP 106. Talk to you then. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. No, we out.